everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dishes and Dimes, brought to you by BasketballNews.com. My name is Iman, and I'm joined by the very lovely Noor. Oh, you're lovely too, Iman. Thank Aw, you. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Did you happen to catch the uh, our first preseason game tonight? Yeah, can we just Last jump night, into sorry. <laughs> Let's just, let's just, there's no need to sugarcoat it. Let's just go right into it. No one cares about anything else. Yeah, no, there's, yeah, there's no point to lean into anything. Um, well, you see, what had happened was, uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I actually did not get to see the game, which is ridiculous that I'm here recording this pod with you um, <laughs> after the game. What about yourself, Noor? Uh, we're going to lose our credentials because I did not watch it either. Um, but in my defense, it is final season. I had to be yes. a good student for once. So I, and I, like, I think for me personally, it's a better option for me to study as opposed to watch ball because I usually do the opposite. Um, but I'm sad I missed it. I did catch the highlights today, though. And a lot, like, I saw a lot of Malachi Flynn. And I, I feel so embarrassed because last episode, I think I was on with Katie and I called him Malachi the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought his name was yeah. Malachi, and she died. She's like, Noor, you can't say that. It's Malachi. I'm like, goddamn, we really shouldn't be. Like, why am I on a podcast? You know what, though? He earned your respect in that game. He was phenomenal. He's NBA ready. It's amazing how, like, I don't, how, how did he draw? Like, I guess a lot of the time guys don't really, or teams don't really go for those four-year players, but that's kind of been Masai's thing with a lot of the guys that, that he's brought in. They, they're just ready to play right away. We saw it with Fred Van Vliet. Um, I remember in Fred Van Vliet's preseason, he was literally locking up the unanimous MVP Stephen Curry <laughs> <laughs> and dropping bombs, and I was such a fan of his already. And then Malachi Flynn comes in and puts on a performance in his first game, yeah. which is really fun to see. It's I saw people like, calling him Red Van Bleed. What do you think about that name? <laughs> oh, I love that. It's the first time I'm hearing this. Red Van Bleed. That's so funny. We need to find like a, a like a trio nickname for the for the for him, Red Van Bleed and Kyle Lowry. Because they're like, there's just, they're like, I don't know, stepbrothers. They're like triplets all together. It's perfect. But speaking of um, Masai and Bobby, it's, I want to know how they draft these players and how they find these players. Like, how are they, how are they in the, how do they come and play one game and they're already NBA ready and they look like they're just ready to lead the team? It's, it's, Kyle wasn't even playing and we'd had nothing to worry about. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's really a testament to Masai and Bobby's. Uh, scouting and the, the team as a whole and really the culture that they have that really starts with with Kyle Lowry I think mm-hmm, who was nowhere to be found and here's my thing if Kyle's allowed to skip a game I'm allowed to skip a game I just <laughs> I feel like that should be the rule now okay, everyone that's my excuse too what that's my excuse too you're right yeah. you're absolutely right I was golfing in Florida, you know? <laughs> we, we got the Dishes and Dimes exclusive invite. We're the only ones who know where Kyle Lowry is. Yo, okay. So here's what's so crazy, because I was thinking about it. Um, right before the bubble, we had an episode called Where Art Thou, Kyle Lowry? And it was because everybody was freaking out that he wasn't in Florida with the rest of the team. Or, like, we didn't see pictures of him, because uh, I guess he got there a little bit late. And now, once again, everybody's freaking out because he's not traveling with the team. And there's so many conspiracy theories out there. What do you think is happening? You're so right. It's always such an, uh, such an obstacle, such an, like a spectacle when it comes to Kyle Lowry because he, like, we should know this by now. He doesn't care about talking to media. He doesn't care about um, flaunting himself around and making himself, himself available for uh, photos and just you know, just doing those things that a a normal superstar does. But every time it happens, we act like it's a new thing. And I don't think it means anything. Like, we've seen how the organization has treated Kyle Lowry. We see how they constantly talk about him being the face of the franchise and how devoted they are to him and how they want to keep him around, how all the players look up to him. It cannot be anything to do with him being disgruntled. I think, if anything, he could be one of the three players mentioned who could have had COVID. Um, So he's obviously, he could have been obviously isolating, still is waiting for a a negative result. Um, Or he could just be golfing in Tampa because he's load managing, he doesn't care. And he's earned that load management if we could give Kawhi that load management why why can't Kyle Lowry just skip a few games and we can just let him have it 
I don't think anything crazy is going on. I think it's just another day of being a Kyle Lowry fan. That's it. What about you? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think it, because, okay, so I think the biggest conspiracy theories do come from the fact that people think that he might be one of the three people who have COVID. Um, mm-hmm. And for those of you guys who don't remember the Raptors, um, put out a statement saying, or it was reported, I don't know if they're, uh, the Raptors put out the statement themselves, but it was reported that three people in the Raptors organization, now we don't know if they're staff members, we don't know if they're management or players or who, but three people tested positive for COVID. And since that report has come out, there has been no sign of Kyle Lowry anywhere. And so I think that's where people's um, – that's where people's suspicions really stem from. But I, I agree with you about the whole idea of load management and just like Kyle's kind of like a senior, right? Like, like think about like, you know, in high school when you're like blowing things off as a senior. And I, I think it's different because Kyle Lowry's really the only person on the team right now that has that role. Where if Kyle and DeMar were both on the team together and both of them were gone, none of us would really think anything of it because we would just be like, oh, DeMar and Kyle are hanging out together. Um, But Kyle's really the only person of his tier with the team. So if he disappears, it's a one-person thing and we all start freaking out because we don't know what it means if one person is gone. Um, Yes, all right. But I just think Kyle's, like, in a league of his own with this team. He is, like, the leader on his own. He's been here the longest. Um, There's really, like, the second longest is Norm, who's very much a part of the young guys and not so much, you know, an old head on the team. Kyle's alone in that respect, especially now with Serge and Mark on as the other two older states. Absolutely. You're so right. So it's, like, it kind of makes sense that Kyle's on his own doing his own thing. And, I mean, it's the friggin' Charlotte Hornets. Why do we need Kyle Lowry to play there? Let him have his time Don't. off. It's, we, we really, I mean, do we need him? We have Malachi Flynn. All right. <laughs> oh, we're all right. Like, it's not that big a deal. At the very least, like, he's, he's golfing in Tampa. He's who I think I forget who it was who tweeted out that they tweeted out, like, how many golf, golf clubs there were in the radius of their, of their like, uh, stay in Tampa. And they, there were so many nearby him. Like, I'm sure Kyle's, like, trying out and seeing what's the one who's going to be visiting the most is the most when he's around in Tampa. So I don't, like, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's a just disgruntled player. I don't think um, there's anything to worry about because I think when time comes to play and to show up, who are you going to rely on? Kyle Lowry. Who's going to show up? Kyle Lowry. Exactly. Exactly. I'm with you 100% on that. I I just feel like he's out golfing. Here's the thing. Kyle Lowry's in Florida in December. Like, of course he's <laughs> golfing. The guy's from Philly and played in Toronto for the last seven years. Of course he's using his time to golf in December. What? Let him enjoy summer. Like, let him have it. He deserves it. I, I just don't think there's anything to worry about. I think as Raptor fans, sometimes um, we just we just get worried over small little things because we're just so used to worrying constantly. Uh, but this is just, this is, this is a waste of your worries. Please don't think about it. If anything, just enjoy um, his time being filled by Malachi Flynn and Matt Thomas <laughs> and Fred Van Vliet and everybody else. And unfortunately, um, Terrence Davis. Can we talk about it? I was just going to say, I was just going to say. Okay, I'm sorry. We, look at us. <laughs> we know exactly how to segue our conversations. I love You're it. Pros, we figured it bro. out, Elon. Dishes and dimes coming together. We yeah, yeah. Um, So yes, we we did play last night. And how do you feel about that? <sighs> um, yeah, I, know. I know. Yeah, like I, uh, I'm, I'm obviously not a fan of it. Here's the thing: I I think the Raptors are in a very important place to take a stance on, on on. Terrence Davis and it's like a like now you know they can't wave him they can't get rid of him yada yada he's got to be on the team but you're giving him playing time he doesn't need to have it we see with the young guys like Jalen Harris Malachi Flynn Fred Van Vliet Norman Powell there are enough guys to take up that spot you don't need to be playing Terrence Davis 15 minutes a night you really don't and um here's the thing I, I get what a lot of people are saying about you know justice and like you know he has to go through a trial and it's it's all in the, the courts and yada 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 and all of this other stuff but the raptors 
actually, you know what? No, I, I disagree. Um, let, me, let me walk that back. I don't agree with people <laughs> saying that because I've already stated my case. Like you can go back and listen to earlier episodes. I've already said the idea that you can chant out Black Lives Matter on the one end and then talk about a trial and you needing to go through court system doesn't make any sense. Either we understand that we operate under a flawed justice system or we don't. You can't Absolutely. have it both ways when it affects Black men and women at the same rate. You're saying, uh, yeah, the justice system's flawed, but when we're only talking about Black women, now you have, now you rely so much on this justice system that you look at side-eyed. I don't, like, I'm not here for that. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I think the Raptors have to understand that they do have a large female audience, and they have a large male audience that also, un- like, have either been victims of abuse in, um, you know, domestic abuse um, in, in the same way. And what are they showing to those people? What are they showing to us as fans who are watching? Mm-hmm. Um, that this is okay as long as the person is good and talented at their job, that there are no repercussions. Like, I, to me, what I was going to say in terms of, like, I understand what people are saying. I understand that Terrence Davis is only 23. I understand that people are allowed to learn and grow. Like, I'm all for reform, and I'm all for not canceling a person for eternity for a mistake that they make at a certain age. But you have to take – there have to be repercussions for your actions. It's not you're allowed to punch you – know, allegedly – hit someone or punch someone in the face to the point where they drop your one-year-old baby. You're not allowed to allegedly do those things and face no repercussions and have a team mm-hmm. continue to play you as of all is all good in the world. And I just like, for me, I am very uncomfortable with watching this team act as if those issues did not happen off of the court. It's, it's strange too, because it's coming from an organization that really values and puts itself in a, on a pedestal that values, um, equality and and you know just doing the right thing and being virtuous and be doing just being a good person and just when it comes to actually putting your money where your mouth is and really coming down to putting actions into it putting your words into actions you just haven't really seen that like I think we talk about Adrian Griffin in that situation as well and um, I think obviously the circumstances are different. They were, there was a lot with Terrence Davis, actual police was involved. He was arrested. There were actual charges laid and we were made aware of those charges. Whereas for Adrian Griffin, it was just a couple allegations on Twitter. But um, regardless, they were both, they're both very extreme um, allegations and just assumptions thrown out there against these two um, people who are part of that organization and very, very in, very deep rootedly part of that organization. No, I think you're exactly right. You know what I mean? There needs to be a recognition from um, the the organization that holds itself to that pedestal and says that they are who they say they are. Um, and it's weird because I think it's it's strange to see them even play him for preseason games. Like, what's the point of that? Why not wait until at the very least his trial is over with, his hearing's over with? Because isn't he scheduled to see them again? the 22nd or the 23rd or something like that? I, I, I don't exactly remember the date, but just the fact that he's just a regular part of the rotation, like all is dandy, makes me a little uncomfortable because it, it to me, is saying that the Raptors are just... They don't right. Care, They're know? not letting the process first sort itself out. They're just kind of like, well, you know, like we're not, we're not going to separate it. We're just going to let him play whatever. Which is which is like which is really heartening to see. Like at the very least, he should be put on the sidelines until things are made more clear. There's more, um, just things are. I don't know. Just you know, there's government. The 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 system has done its job. But I think that just to see him play and seeing how much how much time he got and I don't know. It's it it just rubs me the wrong way. And it's hard because like I love this team so much. Love these players so much. Like obviously, like I think way too much about basketball. It's, then when you think about Terrence Davis being on the team, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, I can't even like formulate the words because it's just so new. You know what I mean? Like you, you just think that your team's going to do the right thing constantly. And I, I used to pride myself on that, like fighting with other teams and other, um, other uh, fans and stuff. Like I would always just say like, well, it's my team. Like my team knows what they're doing. They're such great people, all that kind of stuff. But I don't know, like this, this whole thing with Darren Davis has been really, really eye-opening and it's, it's just leaves a sour taste in your mouth, especially as women. And I guess we're kind of women in the media now, right? Like it's, 
we yeah. we need to speak out and we deserve to speak out it's like we need to make people realize that you know women are an integral part of this entire society and you and can't treat us. them this way absolutely yeah like seeing seeing the disregard like as a black person watching seeing them take so strongly for black lives matter kind of fills you with pride in this team because it's like this is something that matters and obviously my life matters and like seeing people take a stance in that way fills you with pride but also seeing people just dismiss something as heinous as what terence davis has been alleged to doing kind of makes it feel like oh so that's like that doesn't matter we is that what we're saying and like if we're looking at the history of what the toronto raptors have done and do we can talk about james johnson we can talk about some of the other guys that really did didn't face any repercussions with this team right like there was nothing and i i just think if you're going to hold yourself in a higher standard you have to like i don't like i don't know it's just it's so messy and i think i think you touched on a good point where it's just like it makes it hard to almost root for this team because it's like you guys aren't the good like you know when you watch a sports game it's like the good guys and the bad guys exactly the the good guys and it's just like i don't want to root for you guys you know that's a hundred percent. You took the words out of my mouth. It's like when you're like, it's like the Boston Celtics and the Raptors are playing. You're like, okay, you know exactly who the good guys are. You know exactly who the bad guys are. <laughs> and then now it's like, do I like? Is that really my team? Is that really the team that you know represents my values and my thoughts and my morals and stuff? Because they said they did, and it, and it looked good on paper. But when it comes to actually putting your words into actions and really implementing what you say you do it we don't see that there and exactly. I think at the very least like you know don't pray don't just don't play him until his his trial is over his hearings are over and you have more information that you can get to the public and we can understand what's going on and it's, it's like like you said at the very it's it's just so disheartening to see that they they support and like it's amazing to see their support for Black Lives Matter but then to turn around and turn their backs on black women it's it's just like what are what do you think you're you're gaining from this? Like you're yeah. you're showing us exactly how hypocritical your movements are. Exactly. I feel like you know what? I really don't want to talk about him anymore. Let's let's <laughs> just not like I'm done with him. I'm done with him. Let's talk about something that happened that kind of um let's talk about a player that we all want to get. Um his name is Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> And he's amazing and is loves that smoothies. Is really? Um, I'm just jumping right into it. You said we're good at segues. <laughs> I decided I'm not. Um, I just wanted to stop talking about Terrence Davis. I'm calling him da- David. Uh, let's call him Darren Davis. Another name. He doesn't even deserve that. Darren like, Davis. That's what I'm just gonna refer to him. Or redacted. Just call him redacted. Redacted. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Um, or just not talk about him anymore. There you go. No, we don't even need a name. We're good. All right. I wish so. you could do, you could do like block in your vision. You know how in, um, fuck, in what's that show called? Um, you can oh, like in, block um, someone and um, you won't see them. Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. block you someone. You just block. And- yeah. A guy tweeted yeah. out a picture today of the Raptors box score and I just like cropped him out. <laughs> I was like, this is how I look at the Raptors box score. And it's just like a white box where he would have been. Um, Those nine points came from God, not just. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so like the people ahead. in yeah. Charlotte can't count. They don't know. It's the American like exchange rate. <laughs> um, okay, so Open Gym, which is honestly just so beautiful. I love Open Gym. It's one of my favorite. Hands favorite down, like things. the best thing ever. It's so good, and it's one of the many s- things that gets you to root for the Raptors, right? Like, yeah. who else has a documentary about their team? Like, it's, we're so, it's so spoiled. Well done. Like, if I'm not mistaken, I think the first year was 2013, which is where this footage came from. We the um, North, the first year. Yeah, yeah, that was the first year, and I remember like that that season for the Raptors felt like a storybook year, where like yeah. it was they're they're so they're down bad, everything's terrible. They trade for Rudy Gay, they get this bench, and they go on this like Cinderella run. They start beating like Oklahoma City Thunder and Dallas Mavericks and all these teams that were like uh you know the best in the West, and they finish with like forty eight wins, and everybody's like, how the hell did that happen? And <laughs> um and they're phenomenal, and then they make the playoffs and they face the nets and it comes down to the final seconds and then Paul Pierce loves Kyle Lowry and everybody's all sad but it's like this is so exciting next year is going to be so much fun and the year felt like so magical and I remember watching open gym just like 
back to back to back to back to back to back to back after the year ended and was like, this is a movie. Like, <laughs> this couldn't have been scripted any better. Like, it had all the highs and the lows and it had the ending of a movie. It just literally felt like uh, it was scripted and it was so well done. And ever since then, they've just been incredible. Um, so, uh, speaking of like incredible the footage. They've just been phenomenal. So good. It's so good. How does every team not have it? Like, what are other teams Like, I remember doing? when the, the last... I know, seriously. They're missing out. Well, the Clippers are going to do it. Don't worry. They'll have their own opinion <laughs> on the tomorrow. Just wait. Um, <laughs> but what's they call... I remember watching uh, the last dance, and I was like, oh, this is so sick. Like, I wish someone would make something like this about the Raptors. And I'm like, we literally have, like, footage from 2013. Like, we're, yeah. we're spoiled to the core. But yes, they did cover Giannis. Yes. And then I'll let you talk about it. Yes. Uh, I love how you, like, the Clippers are definitely going to get it. That's so apt. They're just going to call it, like, not closed gym or something. <laughs> oh, my God. That team is so annoying. Always Jesus. Get I your own. hate that team. They're so okay, annoying. Do you think Serge looks sad? Yes. Which is, like, it's impossible for Serge Ibaka to look bad in a jersey, but somehow the Clippers managed to do it. <laughs> Like, they literally he took the most so beautiful sad. man like, and made him look sad. like that. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Poor guy. But yes, let's go on. Sorry, Giannis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets so sidetracked. <laughs> so, I'm good at this, you guys. I'm great at this. All right, so Giannis. <laughs> We're natural podcasters. Yo. Sorry. So, um, back in, so just like a little bit of a brief history for everybody. So, what ended up happening was, the Raptors were in hot pursuit of Steve Nash. Steve Nash was going to be the face of this franchise. He was on his last legs in Phoenix. Phoenix were blowing it up. The Raptors were in hot pursuit of him, so much so that they signed Landry Fields to a contract. Um, <laughs> Landry Fields, who was a restricted free agent. And, and the reasoning behind that was so the Knicks could – uh, it was it was to maneuver it was something about the Knicks not being able to match it because of the way that the salary cap worked. So then they couldn't sign Steve. Now it was a whole bunch of things. It was a bunch of like chess moves and maneuvers by Brian Colangelo. And what ended up happening was the Knicks and the Raptors didn't get Steve Nash. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> the Raptors are just uh, had this awful contract for Landry Fields on their books for a few years, <laughs> which is just like so unfortunate because it's like you didn't even block the Knicks; like you just nothing happened. He ended up going <laughs> to Los Angeles, which is hilarious. Um, but then the Raptors rebounded by getting Kyle Lowry, and um, how <laughs> I know beautiful, beautiful love story. Um, <laughs> you know, you wanted Steve Nash and ended up with Kyle Lowry, and they traded. A pick for Kyle. Now, this pick that they traded um, had protections on it. So, if it was in the lottery, then it would go. To, it had to be a lottery pick. They traded a lottery pick to the to the Thunder. No, right. they traded a lottery pick to the to the Rockets. Rockets then traded it to Thunder for James Harden. Yada yada. We know that story. So they traded it, and it was a lottery pick. So if it fell out of the lottery, then it went to the Raptors. And, like, sidebar, everybody, I remember it was, like, for five years. So, if it fell, if the Raptors made the playoffs, then they got it that year, and that had to go on for five years before it turned into two second-rounders. And I remember being, like, there is no way that the Raptors are ever going to make the playoffs five years in a row. So, I was kind of, like, <laughs> semi-rooting for them to miss the playoffs, which is hilarious because ever since then, they've been, like, a 50-win team. <laughs> So it was really hilarious that at that time, like, that's how sad it was to be a Raptors fan, where I was like, there is no chance in hell this team would ever make the playoffs five years in a row. Um, so I very stupidly was cheering that's for them. That's too like, good to be true. It, it just like, can't happen to us. It was literally, like, that was, like, if you had told me that the Raptors, I was like, I would have bet my life that they were not going to make the playoffs five years in a row. That, to me, seemed like the most far-fetched thing <laughs> ever. Like, yo, to be an eight seed was a dream I'm come so true. so glad you did years. it. Ugh. Tough times. I don't know how I did it, you guys. Um, <laughs> but um, so, so the Raptors trade that pick um, to the Heat, to the to the Rockets, and they get Kyle Lowry. And then they have a pretty shit year for the most part. But it was kind of close where they were going to make the playoffs. I remember. I think. I think the Bucks ended up clinching the playoffs against the Raptors that year, which is really funny because the Bucks obviously end up um, being 
a good reason the Raptors missed the playoffs. Raptors are kind of out of it a little bit, but the reason why the Raptors didn't have the pick and yada yada, and then the Bucks end up drafting Giannis. So, um, so it's kind of interesting how that worked out. But um, the Bucks. So yeah. So anyway, so the Raptors do not have a pick. But then the following year is when Masai Ujiri comes and takes over the team. So um, Brian Colangelo got demoted slash promoted. It was a weird thing. He was called the president, but he didn't really have any roles. So he was gone, and it was Masai Ujiri's team, really. Um, And then, so at the draft, Masai – so this is 2013. I'm telling the story all messed up. Anyway, who cares? We're flashing forward. <laughs> it's 2013 right now. The Raptors have, you know, Rudy Gay on the team. They were doing pretty poorly. They weren't going to make the playoffs. So they don't have the pick anymore because it was a lottery pick. So then it has to go to the Thunder via the Rockets. Yada, yada. We got, we got it. We're, we're on the same page. So then the Raptors are in the war room trying to make a trade so that they can get into the draft to get Giannis Attentacumbo, because that was a guy that Masai Ujiri had been going after. There are reports that when he was with Denver, that Denver Nuggets wanted him in that draft, and he comes to the Toronto Raptors, and of course the Toronto Raptors want into that draft. He was trying to trade up for the 12th pick, which ironically was the Raptors pick, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> which was used to get Steven Adams, and the Raptors didn't end up getting that pick because the Thunder really wanted Steven Adams. He was on the board, so they drafted him, which is so crazy because if one of you 11 teams above the Thunder took Steven Adams and the Raptors would have Giannis Attentacumbo. Stupid. Jesus. Like, why didn't you guys just do that for us? Um, <laughs> but, so it was a whole mess and the Raptors are trying so hard to get it. And I remember there were so many reports about it. And I was like, who is this Giannis guy? Like, how good can he really be? Um, also, how do you spell his last name? Um, and then... <laughs> And then the Raptors how do you pronounce course, his last name. How do you pronounce his last name? <laughs> and then the Raptors, of course, do not get in the do not get in there. And then for years later, the Raptors don't get in. The Bucks draft him. All is poor that ends poorly. But then years later, we keep hearing about this like Raptors sort of wanting Giannis and ties that Masai Ujiri has to Giannis and his family. Um, the Raptors the following year draft Bruno Caboclo, which. <laughs> really kind of look like they were like if we're not gonna get Giannis we're gonna try for this one um uh, we're two years away from being two years away from getting Giannis yeah basically and then you know they definitely ask Alciago which also you could kind of see similarities there so it's really funny that the Raptors have kind of always gone after that player Um, but they're so close to actually getting possibly the guy what do you think about everything that's happened um I just know like Okay, I originally everything that's ever happened, like I've always been like, why did we leave? why did we let go of Damar? Why did we get Kawhi? Why did we let go Girl. of uh, No, I know, but listen, but listen, but listen. <laughs> why did we get rid of Mark? Why did we get rid of Surge, right? But I think like at the end of the day, I just can never, ever, ever question Messiah and Bobby because you yeah. know that they have the better they know exactly what they're doing. Like I would let them handle my finances, my love life, my my children, um, my family, like whatever they want, they can take care of it because that's how much I trust them. I think like as long as we have one of them. Not your love life nurse, girl. They're ruthless. No, Messiah's no. ruthless. They would Iman. literally cut someone off, and you'd just be like, like Demar Derozan, like someone who loves you. Know what I mean? Like they're ruthless, bro. But imagine, imagine like you give them the kind of person that that you want, and look at them draw your exact dream guy. Just yes. like they will find they it. Will. And, they like, will. They'll find it. Just the alleys of Great Britain. Like they, they know will know exactly where he is. Exactly. That's true. So, that is true. That's how much I trust them. I know. Like I want them to draft my children. Like find a way to figure <laughs> out which is going to be the right guy who will maybe go into basketball for me and make me more money <laughs> in like twenty years. But, like that's how much I trust them. And I think that everything that's happening. I think it was you who listed all those facts about like. Um, Fred's contract taking a dip next yeah. year. Um, yeah, I mean, you, missed, them, you, kind of, you went into it. We, we were talking about, uh, okay, so I guess my, okay, so part of it, and then this is part of the question that I want to pose to you is like, you know, we knew everything that I just discussed, like, right? Like that whole history of the Raptors trying to get Giannis and yada yada, mm-hmm. but we never saw footage of it. Right. And it's, and it's so wild to get footage. And we talked about, you know, the Raptors have open gym. No other team really has that. So mm-hmm. no other team can really put this out. So that's why it's unprecedented in that way. But right. also, like, bro, 
Yeah, you guys are really putting it out now? Like, the Bucks have, like, seven days to sign Giannis <laughs> to, that, to that Supermax. Otherwise, like, hey, now. Dude, they know what they're doing. That's I, all exactly. I that was going to be my question to you. Because here's the thing. Why didn't they keep Serge Ibaka? Well, it looks to me like they didn't keep Serge Ibaka because they didn't want to give him that second year. Right? Yeah. Because they, like, Serge has come out and said that he wanted to stay with the Raptors and he wanted to stay in Toronto and all of that good stuff. But if you look at the contract that was reported that the Raptors were offering him, it was a one-year, what was it, $12 million deal. And then the Clippers offered him two years, $19 million. And obviously at Serge's age, also with the pandemic happening and all this sort of nonsense around us and nobody knowing what next year is going to look like, having that control helps Serge Ibaka. Absolutely. And you look at the same thing for for Marcus Gasol, right? You look at the same thing for Marcus Gasol. He also gets that second year. And so it was very clear that the Raptors went into this being like, we're going to give you a one year and that's it. And we know that because you look at Aaron Baines's contract and that's a one year. Like, yes, he yeah. does have that second year, but that's a team. Um, team gets control that, right? It's not a player option like Serge Ibaka's right. deal. It's more it's, it's a team one. Um, so it's very clear that they only wanted one year deals. Now, why else would you want a one year deal? besides looking at 2021 free agency money, unless you want as much money on the books in 2021, there's really no re- no other reason to want a one-year deal. Now, let's look beyond that. Why has OG not signed an extension? Why not lock him out? Well, because of, once again, 2021. Not that they're not going to keep OG Ananobi. It's that they want as little bit as little money on the books. Yeah. Until they do whatever they plan on doing in 2021. And then you're looking at Fred Van Vliet's contract, which is built really weird. Why is there a dip in 2021? Like, why do that? Contracts generally rise they don't have a random (laughs) dip in them unless a team is looking to clear up cap space in 2021 (laughs) and then you're thinking about okay well who are the free agents in 2021 um and we're all you know thinking and naming people and of course Giannis is the biggest one for the Raptors I mean Kawhi is going to be one another people are going to be one but it's hard to believe any of them are coming to Toronto but Giannis right. is a name that comes up a lot and then Raptors open gym which is an extension of the Raptors puts out this piece <laughs> which they didn't have to and really has nothing to do with anything why are you telling us about a 2013 draft dude, <laughs> does that dude, matter? they linked it to Bobby getting coffee yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> so wild. If you're right? not slick, you're not, you're not slick. Exactly. Why do this unless you're putting it out there that this is the guy? Because this is the week. Giannis has until the day before the season begins to sign his Supermax. Now, Giannis can sign the Supermax in the summer once free agency hits, but he can also go elsewhere and if I'm the Bucks, I'm not really <laughs> wanting to play that game and waiting until July or whenever for him to sign. I want it to be done right now. Absolutely. But for whatever reason, Giannis hasn't done it. And I'm interested to know what you think is going to happen. Do you think he signs a Supermax? He has seven days from the time this episode is released to do it. <laughs> I think if he was going to sign it, after getting 12, what was it, like 28 pens from his teammates, he's like, fuck this. People get Rolexes, people get cars. I'm getting ballpoint pens for my birthday. Get out of my face. My favorite he's- point is that he was like, yeah, the joke got old. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he really doesn't fuck with you guys. <laughs> he told me that he doesn't give a shit about his gifts. <laughs> I do not care. I told them to their face. This is getting no, old. Thanks a lot. So funny. Where he's like, "Yeah, you guys aren't funny." I just <laughs> after third, he's like, "Is there more?" Like, it's gonna go in the garbage after this. Thank you. Like, um, not even fake laughs. Like, I feel like Kawhi would even fake laugh for his teammate. You know what I mean? Like, Kawhi would just feel bad. He just yeah, he's like, he's I like, guess I'll like, laugh. Like he would fake laugh for his teammate, but Giannis wasn't even giving them that. Now, I okay. What's your take? I'm with you. I don't think he's going to sign it right now. 
And the reason I believe that is because he hasn't done it already. And I could very well be wrong, but I don't understand the point in dragging it out this long if you're going to do it. You know 100%. what I mean? Like he's talked about, you know, when he, so basically for a long time, he was basically saying he was in Greece, right? So everybody was just like, okay, he's in Greece. Let him come back. And then he comes back. And then for whatever reason, people were like, oh, he's going to do it on his birthday, which I don't know <laughs> where that rumor started. <laughs> but, and so I was like, okay, let his birthday come. His birthday did, and it passed. And then training camp came, media day. The team was playing preseason games. Other teammates are being asked about it, and he still hasn't signed it. And it's just like, why are you putting yourself and your teammates in a situation where you're going to be asked about it incessantly? Exactly. Why not just sign it, you know? And he's even said, he was like, you know, my, my agent um, and the team, like, I'm, I'm allowing my agent to work on that. And they're like negotiations and using different words like that. And it's like, bruh. What is there to even negotiate? It's a supermax. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like I can say yeah, I'm negotiating exactly. with my boss for a contract. That's because they're not offering me everything they can offer me. They're exactly. literally offering you the maximum amount of dollars. Unless you're trying to negotiate for a smaller salary. I don't <laughs> understand. Unless you want like your own touring bus, your own plane to travel in, you're not like, what else are you negotiating? Unless you have Uncle Dennis making demands for you, (laughs) what are you negotiating, bruh? Exactly. I I think like, especially knowing Giannis and the kind of guy that he is, I think we've mentioned this a couple of times that we just don't think that Giannis is that typical American superstar who, who like, you know, who floats the way that um, usually like American superstars would where he's I think he's just very loyal he thinks of himself as a good guy he wouldn't do anything that would paint him in a bad picture or just anything in that regard so I think if this was maybe last year or let's say they had somehow kept they state the whole thing with Bogdanovich had gone through properly maybe he had gone through and already um, signed up because he's just such a loyal guy like he wouldn't he like he's the kind of guy if we wouldn't let it drag out like this you know what I mean like mm. if he were to stay with them he probably would have signed the first day and the fact that it's taken him this long exactly like you said it it doesn't I don't think it bodes well for um the Bucks, and I do think the Bucks are probably scared like after they screwed up their off season I would be Bro. I would be so terrified about Giannis's decision right yeah. now like if I'm a Bucks fan I'm wearing a diaper all year long <laughs> um I, I you know I agree completely, and I have to say, like, you're really right about Giannis kind of being being the opposite of what we think about when we think about a superstar. I don't think he cares about market size. I don't think mm-hmm. he cares about the glitz and the glam and wanting all of the attention. I Like, he says he just wants to win, and I think he just wants to win. Yeah. But what he saw was, like you said, a complete blunder in the offseason, and also his team just lost to a five seed in the playoffs. That was, and it it, it wasn't even like, um, yeah, embarrassing and embarrassing in a way where they were literally a historic team in the regular season. Can you imagine, like, and I know they weren't as good as the 73 Warriors, but can you imagine the 73 Warriors get killed for losing in the finals? Can you imagine if they lost to a five seed in the second round? this is why I don't think we gave enough shit to Bucks. We because do not. We did not. We did not. Like, can you imagine if LeBron James lost to a five seat in the second round? Jesus Christ. We did not give them enough shit. And that's also why, like, because we mentioned that Giannis is not the type of guy. I don't think he would pull a KD where he goes and joins the team that swept him. I don't think that's why I don't think Miami Heat is going to be an option for him. Like he's just not going to be the kind of guy who would leave a team for a team that embarrassed him. You know, I think for him it would be. I don't know. I feel like I'm talking about like I know him. Like I don't know though because like, the Raptors embarrassed him twice in the playoffs. He's lost to the Raptors two times. I hope you're yeah, wrong. Yeah, but like not like not like that though. You know what I mean? That's true. Like, not as a five seed. Different. Exactly. <laughs> like not when you're expected to win. Like I guess they were expected to win that year too. But I think because we had Kawhi, it was different. But like I love Jimmy Butler, but they had Jimmy Butler, and that's Giannis. 
You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, like Giannis was undeniably the best player in that series. And granted, he got hurt, but it's still a five seed, and the 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 the. The Bucks were a historic team. Like, and it, it to me just like embarrassed to lose two times as as the one seed on like yeah. this historic pace as he as an MVP. His two MVP seasons, he lost as the higher seed to teams in embarrassing fashion. Like the the loss to the Raptors was embarrassing in that you lost four straight. Yeah. You literally lost four straight, and the loss to the Heat was embarrassing because they were a five seed, and um. And to me, I think looking at the changes that the Bucks made, like, I, on the one hand, I think obviously the Bucks were great, and it's just like you just have to be a little bit better to get past right. where they got, right? And it's just like, mm-hmm. yes, I think Drew Holiday is that much of an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. But at the <laughs> same time, I don't know that Drew necessarily solves all of the issues that the Bucks have. Yes, in terms of playmaking, that's an issue solved, but he's still not a great floor spacer. You're still starting three guys, um, and you're start, you, you have three guys who are below average shooters in your starting lineup, which does not help Giannis at all. <laughs> um, what we talk about, you know, one of the biggest issues was the wall that the Raptors put up and yeah. the, the Bucks really not being able to, to handle that. Well, it's because you had Eric Bledsoe who can't shoot, and you're not really improving much in that regard with Drew Holiday there, although I don't think he's a complete minus off ball like Bledsoe was in that series. Um, but it, to me, it's just like, it, did they solve their biggest issues? And obviously, coaching is a big was one of their biggest issues. I was just well, gonna say, Drew Holiday does not solve the Blundholder issue. <laughs> that, <laughs> that that's a whole other problem. Like if you, as long as, unfortunately, I think that as long as they have Bud, um, they don't stand a chance in playoffs because they're always gonna get out coached. He's, he's notorious for just sticking to his guts and sticking to his guns and doing whatever, doing the same old shit constantly. And that's yeah. often playoff series after playoff series. And yeah. I don't understand how you don't, as GM, like, how is that not clicking for you? Like, that's not, it's not a Well, clearly problem. a lot of things don't click for their GM. We saw that no. more. <laughs> we saw that with the Bogdan blunder. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't even question it. Like, it should just be a given. Like, if the Bucks are going to fuck up their shit. Like, yeah, we should just know this shit. by now. Two exactly. things the Bucks are going to do. They're going to get Ursan Ilyasova somehow back on their team, and they're going <laughs> to fuck up some shit. <laughs> and they're going to give us Giannis. <laughs> you know, just do it. Like, save yourselves the trouble. Just give us Giannis right now. But, dude, like, if he's um, going to go anywhere else, he's only going to go to Toronto. I don't see him going any – like, I don't see him going to the Warriors. I don't – Unless they get rid of Clay, um, I just I don't know. I don't see him going there. I definitely don't see Miami. I just don't think he's that. He's I don't think he's that type of guy. But I I think that Masai connection is massive. Like it's that mm-hmm. because of the kind the kind of guy that I think that he is. I think just that loyalty and that connection and that camaraderie is going to be a really huge pull factor for um, to bring Giannis to Toronto. I have to say, you know, I. Uh, obviously, I've been talking about Giannis to Toronto for years, but it was always, like, tongue-in-cheek, right? Like, it's just fun yeah. as a Raptor fan to be like, they're winning it all, they're getting Giannis, like, LeBron <laughs> is coming to Toronto. It's fun to say things like that, and I think with We're Giannis, like there was always trend. a grain of truth. Yeah. And I think with Giannis, there was always, like, a grain. It was like, it's possible. There's, like, a 1% chance. Um, it could happen, yeah. But... In all honesty, seeing the moves that the Raptors have made has made me so much, like, even if it's only, like, 10%, 15%, that's massive in that I really didn't think it was possible before, but this team is really operating like they're about to do something in 2021. That's and if Messiah is confident, I'm confident. <laughs> and so I'm walking into this confident as hell because there's no reason to make the moves that they've made if they don't think they have a shot at 2021, that's not how a team moves. Like you're just going to sign, you're just going to give Ibaka his money, you know, in the second year, you're just going to sign. How much is the new Jersey? $140 or something. I'm going to just tell everyone listening right now, put $140 aside in your savings Oof. right now. There we go. Next year, um, get ready to buy a Giannis Jersey and uh, Toronto. Number 34. Colors. 
Number 34, it's going to be that Chevron style, Toronto in the middle. Probably not. No, we got to change it for when Giannis comes. We're going to go back to purple when Giannis comes. Let's do that, okay, Toronto. True. Okay, true, true. And we, well, I'll bring this. Do we keep the, we the North era or do you think it's time? For, actually, you we know got what? a new I'm, era. We're, we're opening the new era. The We the North ended with, with the Kawhi championship. Now we need like post champ because We the North was all about being um, like a, an underdog. Right? It was all yeah, about being exactly. an underdog, right? Like, it was like, nobody counts us in. We Everybody counts us out. Everybody ignores us. You know, Canadian media ignores us. American media ignores us. Everybody, da 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 And, like, you win a championship, you have a little bit of swagger. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're just, like... You're, you're no longer going to be counted out. Like, yeah, you, you have the heart of the champion. Absolutely. I'm, although, like, I would say I am biased to it because I do really like the We the North. Yeah. And I think I'm just going to adapt to that concept. I might even name my kid we that. We the Champs. And- oh, yeah. It works as <laughs> your name. Yeah. We might have my name. That's why I love yeah. it. And I just realized that this year. I was like, fuck, I missed that on seven years. I'm like, the best cut. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I'm going to change it next year. Yeah, I can't even rock a hoodie yet. Here. Okay, so they have to incorporate my name in it again, though, because I never really got to enjoy it properly. And then I can go <laughs> I'm for that. I'm for that. Um, <laughs> now, all right. So Giannis, you know, but it, it'll be really interesting to see if Giannis doesn't sign the supermax. What do the Bucks do? Do they trade him? I don't think they do. I think they're trying so to. So they risk say, losing him for you, nothing. I think when you have a player like Giannis, you spend the whole year kissing his ass. You do whatever you do. You do whatever Oof. it takes. I don't think that because it's freaking Milwaukee, dude. Like, yeah, you know what? Who are they, they ever do. gonna yeah, get? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I would keep him too because, like, you risk losing him for nothing. But like, also, or <sighs> depends on what you get. Depends on what you yeah. get because, like, you also have a chance in a championship, right? Like, any year with Giannis, I don't like. I don't think that Giannis is a type of player to be like, I'm out, so I'm not gonna try. You know right, what I mean? Exactly. Like, I think that he's still going to go hard. So it's like, if you truly believe you have a chance at a championship, then why yeah. not go all for it in the one and year? And do you think Ooh. that if they shop him, wouldn't that, like, um, decrease his value? Because teams would then think that, okay, well, if he's going to be, that means that they think he's not going to sign in free agency and we can just wait until free agency and, like, wait until he signs elsewhere. Yeah, at that for point- sure. For sure. But I also think that, like, any team that has him, obviously, like, for that they have a higher chance of keeping it's him. Like Kawhi have thing bird again, rights yeah. and all that other right. good stuff. Uh, so it's like if he goes to the Warriors, I think you know the chance that he stays there is a lot higher. But I also don't like any package the Warriors can give up for him. Mm-hmm. Um, if he goes to the Heat, they have a highest chance of keeping him. You know what I mean? So yeah, interesting true. to see. But you know, I just want him to come to Toronto. Just like forget everybody else, bro. Bro, you know he's coming. You know he's coming. I'm like, I. It's just so sad, but like, I go tonight and I just picture myself at like dishes and dimes all together, and we're getting to interview Giannis in a Toronto jersey, and like he's just he's the reason why we're winning after winning after winning. He's the reason why we're successful because we have shit to actually talk about. Absolutely. I okay. I need someone listening right now to please name go adopt a pet and name him Giannis because I promise you it works. Should you I think I should do it? But my parents yeah. are gonna kill me. Okay, I mean, you, you, listen, listen. If you have to die in order for us to get Giannis, I think I'm fine. With, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm walking <laughs> out. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm leaving the car. Dishes and dollars break up. <laughs> okay, so here's a topic that might actually get us to break up, and I think this is the last one we can do before we close <laughs> out. Is okay. So if the Raptors do not get James, oh, uh, if the Raptors do not get Giannis, um, and if the Raptors do not believe they can get Giannis, let's say uh, I'm knocking on all kinds of wood right now. He signs that supermax, <laughs> knocking on all kinds of wood. Don't do it, Giannis. Do it. not do it. <laughs> Should the Raptors trade for James Harden? Like after next year? No, after, no, no, no. Like, like let's say, God forbid, knocking on all kinds of wood. Oh, he signs like Giannis signs right now. To oh, okay, right, right, right. Like, right, yeah. right. Uh, okay, I think this is the first time we're gonna have an, a disagreement on dishes and dimes. So you guys are all in for a ride. We have we some. Are. I mean, Demar Derozan. Really? Demar Derozan comes to okay, mind. I think. I think that's like our just our like fun stuff. Like we just 
shit on each other for that kind of stuff. But I think, like, actually, I'm always just, like, we're always agreeing. We need some spice in this shit. <laughs> Bring some, you know, spice and stuff It's not up. our fault. Green minds think alike. That's actually very true. But, um, no, I, okay, my thing is, I just don't, I love James Harden. I think his play style, his personality, like, he's just such a fun dude. Um, he didn't, he's so entertaining as, just an entertainer. Like, he's the best shooter of all, I think he's one of the best shooters of all time. He's top five seven players in the league right now and he's just an all superstar talent it's I just don't think his play style is going to mesh with us I don't think that he is going to provide us what we need I think he's going to be a ball hawk he's not going to have the ball movement that we require his d his d I guess his defense has gotten better for sure and I think with the Raptors it might get even better like I think we would focus like as Nick as Nick Nurse has always said when you're coming on the court your first job is defense and then afterwards everything comes afterwards so I think for sure they would work on him and he, and he would he would I think he would get better under the Raptors system I just I don't know I just don't think that he has the style that we're looking for I don't think he's the Raptors kind of player I think that I, I just I don't think we need someone who's going to be a ball hog, essentially. I think our movement and our offense comes a lot from ball movement and just having spacing. And I think just the way that he plays, it requires a lot of one-on-one and it just, it makes the offense very stagnant. And that personally, when I watch that kind of basketball, it pisses me off. And when I see ball movement, it's just, it's beautiful. It's it's just, it just ties the whole game together. And it's such a Raptor style to play. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm team not get him if Giannis doesn't sign. But I think, I don't know if Masai and Bobby do. Like I think they might have other plans. What about you? Um, I yeah. I mean, you guys know how I feel. Here, here's my thing. Um, championships are hard. Uh, championships are hard to come by. But uh, that wasn't what I was gonna say. Uh, superstars <laughs> are hard to come by. <laughs> um superstars are hard to come by uh I can't speak you guys um no superstars are hard to come by and I think Raptor fans are spoiled because of the Kawhi Leonard trade where like we just think disgruntled superstars um are just like you know low-hanging fruit you could just grab one whenever you want that's not the case Superstars are incredibly hard to come by. The situation that the Raptors fell into with Kawhi Leonard is one that happens every 25 years. And the Raptors have not ever had a superstar outside of Kawhi Leonard, which I said, and people were like, what about Vince Carter? And it's like, really, we're comparing Kawhi Leonard to Vince Carter? Like, Vince, even <laughs> at his prime, like that 47-win team, like we all talk about Kyle Lowry being the greatest Raptor, and we compare Kyle's greatest seasons to, um, you know, Vince's greatest seasons, and we, you know, we we all feel, like, it's just, I, I don't know, who cares? Vince was great for this team. Nobody's denying that, but he was never on par with what James Harden is right now or with what Kawhi Leonard is. And James Harden is a lot closer to Kawhi Leonard than any other Raptor in the history of the Raptors have been. To me, it's like, if you have the opportunity to go for him, you do it. And like, no one on this Raptors team right now looking at them is going to be as good as James Harden. James Harden is a generational talent. James Harden is one of the most, and you said it, he's one of the most talented offensive players in the history of basketball. And when you look at what what failed the Raptors last year, it was having an offensive creator. We saw how important offense is. You can have one of the best defensive teams, which is what the Raptors had. Um, you can have, uh, you know, your Pascal Siakam, your OG Ananobis. You can even have your Kyle Lowry's. But what you need is a James Harden. Every team needs it. And the idea of, like, the lack of ball movement or his style of play that people are criticizing, it's like, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I love Kawhi Leonard. I really, really do. Ball move like the ball stuck in his hands, right? Like Kawhi Leonard was. No, you're player. right. Kawhi you're Leonard's right. not a playmaker. The team, if you watch that Philly series, part of what made the basketball so ugly was the team just sort of stands around and watch Kawhi Leonard go to work. And yeah. I, I, you know, I think Kawhi is brilliant, and I think his brilliance is aesthetically pleasing to watch. But Kawhi Leonard doesn't have one of the most exciting games. So when people talk about James Harden being a boring player and not being as exciting, I'm like, what about, like, Kawhi on the defensive end, sure. Like, him picking people's pockets, him blocking shots, like, you know what I mean? Like, I remember that double block he and Danny Green had, like, in one of their first games as a Raptor, and it's like, that shit was fun. Like, we remember the steals that he had against Ben Simmons, and like, yeah, that's fun, but... 
like Kawhi's power and strength sometimes is like really fun to watch him like finish through guys, but he's Wait, not. Who said that? Because 110% James Harden is way more entertaining on the offensive end than Kyle Lowry. Oh, sorry, Kawhi Leonard is. Kawhi Leonard is like the most boring, boring. player when it comes he's to offense. Boring. He's, he's like, so thank boring. Thank you for saying that. He's boring. And like, he's brilliant at what he does. And that's what's fun. And I think exactly. you know, when people talk about James Harden, I think it's just more so it's like, it's a lot of free throws. It's a lot of baiting guys for with. And it's just like, have you watched Kyle Lowry? Like, are you a Lowry fan? <laughs> have you watched DeMar DeRozan? Are you DeMar DeRozan fan? Like, I sat there and watched the Raptors with DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, and Lou Will. Literally every time they went up for a jumper, they were trying to bait a guy into fouling them. That's all they did. I swear the rule was changed because of those three guys were just like, <laughs> system. um, and it's just like, yeah, now that Kyle doesn't get the continuation, we don't act like it's a thing that he does, but like, that's all Kyle does. If he has a rep, if he has a rookie on him, Whew, you just know that he's living <laughs> off the line, baiting guys into fouling him on jump shots. Like, that's what he does. And um, James Harden has this masterful element of just, like, gaming the system to benefit him. And you know what's exciting and you know what's fun? Winning is exciting and fun. And so this idea that you have this player who is a generational talent, one of the greatest offensive players in the history of the NBA, and you have the op- you have the opportunity to trade for him, and you're gonna hold your nose up so for what? For for what to have a 47 to 55 win team when you can really have championship aspirations? Because as the Raptors are currently built, they're not a championship team. They're not. The Raptors are going to be another second round out unless they can have like unless they can have. Pascal really take the next step or Odiana nobody really take this like they, they I think we saw the limitations that this team had last season mm-hmm. right like there's no way that you can watch that Celtic series and and not see the limitation that they have and primarily having a wing creator like Jimmy Butler who I love and have always called a superstar really stepped up in that role and I remember saying at the beginning of the season that like looking at the Eastern Conference it's like nobody really has that guy and Jason Tino right. kind of grew into that person but it's still inconsistent because he's still young and Jimmy Butler was like the only one that I could name and it was so funny because like I don't think a lot of people really consider him that guy but he was that guy in the East, and that's right. why the Heat made it as far as they did but I just don't have that and if you have the opportunity to get one of the best at that, why not do it? And to me, the idea of, like, culture or, like, yada yada, like, I don't think that's really fair to James Harden because he was coming off of the bench for the Thunder. Right. Right? You know what true. I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we saw him fit in that. And when he went to the Houston Rockets, he was asked to do a lot more. And, like, the knock on his defense is fair, but also we think about the the offensive load that he takes every night. And I think if you fit him into a system and you're asking him to move off ball, you're asking him, it's not like he's not capable of doing it, right? Like I I do think that there are limitations to Kawhi's game in terms of playmaking. I I just don't think that like Kawhi's one of the most well-rounded players, but if there's any knock on his game, it's probably that. That's not a knock on James Harden. Like he has the ability to do it. You know what I mean? And I I think, um, and he, I mean, he's great at it. And like, he can play point. Like we, we know that James Harden is capable. Um, and we know that he's capable of moving off ball because like, just think about his skill set. He's literally one of the best shooters in the world. He's incredibly exactly. athletic. Like, why not? Um, and I think if you're putting him in a system where you're asking him to do different things, there's no reason to believe that he won't just blaming him for the system that existed while he was there that was built around right. him. Do you know what I mean? Like, I That's what I also think him if you... Absolutely. And I think if we look at his projection, his trajectory as a defender, like obviously he used to, it used to be like a meme going around how terrible he was at defense, but he has significantly gotten better. I've been watching a lot more Houston Rockets the past few years and you can see his effort on defense. He does, he steals, his, his steals are, I think he leads, not doesn't, he doesn't lead the steals, but he has one of the higher steals when it comes to the Houston Rockets roster. And I think if you implement that in the system for the Raptors, like of course he's going to do better because we really value because we put that out there. And like you said, if you put him in a system where other people can kind of um, overcome and, and overshadow his lack of defense and just have him focus on the offense, which you desperately need. Because I think at that point, I, I, I see where you're coming from. And that might be like the, the changing factor for me when it comes to Harden coming to Toronto, because I think that you're entirely right. The entire, the entirety of last year, 
our biggest problem was offense. We just didn't have enough shooting. We didn't have enough guy. We just didn't have that one guy who would be able to get, get us a shot whenever he wanted. You know exactly. what I mean? I, th- I think that's what you lack when you need to have that. You just need that one guy on your team to make yourself a championship contender. A superstar. And <laughs> absolutely. And and he is that guy for sure. Ab- definitely. Yeah. I think it's just a preconceived notion that you have about James Harden just because it is James Harden. And, like, I love him. And he's just a character and stuff. But, like, um, I, I, I don't know. I guess you're convincing me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Yes. I'm not really good at this. That's all, all I need to do is convince one person. Um, and then I feel like I'm, I'm validated. But, yeah, like, the Raptors' half-court offense is, of course, going to be an issue this year. You bring in James Harden, obviously it's not. But, like, my whole thing is, like, he's a superstar. You yeah. don't have a superstar. No one on your roster projects to be as good as him. Why not trade for him? Like, I, I don't understand the, the aversion to being better. Than what you I mean, are. it's worked out before, and for it, us, literally, it has. For us, it has. So, all right. I'm glad I convinced you. Is that like a positive note to end this episode on? Okay, you didn't 100% convince me, Mon. Relax. It yeah, was. Yeah, I did. Was, I'm pretty sure Noor said I 100% convinced her. I'm I'm team uh, Houston. No, fuck, not team Houston. I'm team James Harden to Toronto Raptors now. Hey, but no, I was, get it. <laughs> I do. I, I think that if we do strike out on Giannis and if they don't have a set plan for next year, which again, like I really don't think Giannis is there is going to like after Giannis, you're like, okay, well we give up time to rebuild, get ship everybody else out. Like I think yeah. Masai and Bobby are the kind of guys who are going to have a plan, not just B and C, but like a plan Z, like they'll be set to yeah. go up until they know exactly and what they're doing. Giannis and Harden together would be amazing. Bro. Job. but that they're not gonna amazing. are you kidding but like look at they beef so much it would be the yeah, funniest but thing James Harden literally had Milwaukee on his list of teams that's so weird I saw that too and I think that's still strange how's that possible I don't know but like Giannis literally takes him, jabs do it here they take jabs at each other all the time they hate each other but like bro if you guys want to hate each other on the, the Toronto <laughs> Raptors, Toronto. it worked out for the Los Angeles Lakers with Kobe and Shaq I'm just saying <laughs> just lead us to a dynasty yeah, this will be our Shaq, Harden could be our Kobe. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think it's opposite, to be honest. I mean, like, in terms what of age it? and stuff. But, like, oh, yeah, 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 is kind of like a right. big man. And Shaq, I mean, like... Uh, I mean, personality-wise, eh? Oh, yeah, person... Oh, that's a... Yeah, personality-wise. Wa- I, I don't feel like any of them are Kobe. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's true. I feel like that's Kobe is like, because James Harden likes to be in the strip club, and Giannis just seems very personable and very nice and friendly. They're all just Kobe. <laughs> They're all different shades of Kobe. Yeah. That's so funny. But no, I, I think I think you're right. I think at that point, if they think that, they can straight up check out with Giannis, and if that's one of their plans, like, that could be a plan D, you know? And if that's what they go for, then... I'm I'm all for it because I trust them and I think they will find a way to make James Harden even James Harden work in our system. Ah, oh, I love it. This pod should be called In Beside Bobby We Trust. <laughs> They're my parents. <laughs> love it. Love all you, right. dads. All right. <laughs> Is That's there it next for game soon? Yeah, it's tomorrow and I'm gonna be watching okay. it. Me too. I promise you guys will actually watch it. We'll know what we're talking about. We're not going to be like, broad also, podcasters. Like, guys, it's literally the Charlotte Hornets. And <laughs> like, okay, LaMelo had zero points but had some fun assists and he looks like he's going to be a fun player. And like the Raptors won against, like we, we know, I know what, oh, like OG and we know looks like. I know what Fred Elite <laughs> looks like. I know what Pascal Siakam looks like. Buddy, Pascal, bro, what's happening? Do you just not like Florida? Like, Pascal, tell us what's going on. Is it Florida? What's happening? I'm Dude, really interested was, in knowing. I think he was three of eight from some uh, field goal. And I was just like, but he was, I think it was, I forget what he was from three. I think he was Vine number from three. But yeah, he was three of eight from field goal. I'm and I was just all. like, like oh. Pascal, is it, is it, is it Florida? Do you just say Florida? Because I get it. I think I think for Pascal though, I think it might be a psychological thing too. Yeah, he's definitely in his head. Yeah, for sure. And it's so hard to see because we saw that a lot with Demar. Like Demar was always in his head too. He you could tell when he would just be like, Hey, he doesn't trust himself anymore. And but I the think the thing that's- about Demar 
I guess for mm-hmm. Pascal, he has defense. Because I want to say, the thing about DeMar, because DeMar can miss, like, 10 shots in a row, and you're like, buddy. But DeMar can get to the line. Yeah, And just had true. this, like, like James Harden-level ability to just be like, you know what, my shot's not falling, but I'm going to get to the line, and I'm going to score. Like, we need the points. DeMar's going to get you the points, right? Like, right, he right. could do that. Pascal Siakam is just not that guy. Pascal Siakam doesn't look good. You like he becomes completely invisible on the offensive end. Where I'm like, I forget that he's supposed to be this team's leading scorer and like the franchise player. Like it completely, um, like I just I just forget he just becomes invisible on the offensive end. And granted, like he's still um, one of the most defense, yeah yeah he's one of the most important defenders on the roster, um, but on the offensive end, he just becomes invisible. And I don't – yeah, there were moments that DeMar DeRozan did become invisible, but if the Raptors really needed a bucket, you can count on DeMar DeRozan to to find that for you, even more so than Kyle Lowry. Like, you can count on DeMar DeRozan to do that for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think he was always that guy. Like like you said, if he can't – if his shot's not falling, he's going to the line. Like he's And he's so efficient from the line. Like, wasn't he, yeah. like – a hundred percent one year or something like he was he was just so good um but when it comes to I think yeah Pascal's thing is just being in his head it's weird because like I think we were talking about I think we're talking about through practices and stuff they're like oh yeah he's been doing really well he's been um he's been himself again you can see that he really wants to play and he likes basketball but I don't know I, I think I I, didn't, I haven't seen I saw some of his shots not falling when I was watching the highlights and I'm hoping it's just like a preseason jitter. It's just the first game back, so it's not like I'm not. I'm thinking it's not going to be a big deal, but it is oh, a little God. bit scary just to be like, yeah, why is this still not falling? Like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, because you can even you see it in him, and like Pascal's the best when like you see a smile on him. Like you can tell that he's having fun. You know what I mean? You read like yeah. OG Ananobi, you don't read anything off of Pascal Siakam, you you can see joy in him, right? Like he just leaks out, gets a dunk. It like you know what I mean? And then he just has this giant smile on his face. He'll hit a shot and you just see him having fun playing basketball. He loves he's it, on yeah. the bench, he's cheering on his teammates. Like you can tell when Pascal is in high spirits. I don't know how long it's been since we've seen that, like, level from Pascal. Like, I, I don't know if it's, like, the weight of being the franchise player um, and all of that on him. I don't know what it is, but it just – he doesn't seem like he's having fun out there anymore. Ever since the bubble, it's been like that. And I'm, yeah. I'm just – I'm hoping it's the bubble. He did mention it was, like, it was hard to concentrate with everything going on in the world and – um, just all those other factors, well, external stopped, factors. Bro. That's the scary I part. Know. You know, you had enough time to figure out how to cope with it. You know, oh, that sounds so heartless. Ew, Noir, please. But like, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's just. Uh, I, I'm sure he'll be fine. I know it's Pascal. He'll find his way. But it's it's it is a little bit a little bit scary just because you're like we thought the same thing last year. We were like, hey, it's probably just a little slump. Like he'll get it back. He'll be okay. But we saw the same Pascal every single game until we were knocked out, you know? Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed, knock on wood, but believe it. Trust in Messiah and Bobby. And Giannis onto Toronto. And Giannis attend Toronto. All right, I love it. Good night, everybody. And check out Dishes and Dimes on Tuesday. Should be a fun episode and everything on basketballnews.com. Take care. Bye. And also, like, like, subscribe, rate, review, all of that stuff. And follow our Twitter account, you guys, Dishes Dime Pod on Twitter. And Instagram. We're on Instagram now, too. Please. We're, We're so good at this. <laughs> you can tell we've been doing it for a year now. This is so <laughs> polished. All right, you guys. Good night. <laughs> Bye. Peace.